0: Good morning, Mendocino County and beyond. You are tuned to Wilder Living here on Z. This is Johanna Wilder. I bring you this program every other Thursday from nine to ten a.m., and it's all about living sustainably and building community in Mendocino County and beyond. If you have any questions or suggestions or feedback for this program, please contact me by email. The email is contact at wildoak.org. That's contact at wildoak.org. And I love hearing from listeners. I love hearing your comments and your suggestions. And if you are with a local organization that's doing good in our community and that needs some help getting the word out about the important work that you do, please contact me because that's one of the things that I really enjoy doing is, is to feature people making a difference in our community and to help get the word out about that because there are so many wonderful things happening in our community. And today's program is a good example of that. Um, I I was inspired to do this program today about local organizations that have been impacted by the pandemic in terms of their fundraising and in terms of their uh, uh, their outreach to the community. I was inspired by that actually that came together pretty quickly this weekend you know by learning that the uh, Yorkville ice cream social that traditionally has been happening on Labor Day every year and that helps raise funds for local fire departments um, was Was, um, canceled because of the, you know, because of the, the Delta variant and because of the rise in infections of the, in the COVID pandemic. And, you know, I realized, you know, local fire departments depend a lot on the support of the community, but so do many other organizations. And so I, I thought, well, this would be a good program topic. Uh, unfortunately, it turns out that uh, the Anderson Valley Fire Department is not able to participate this morning. They sort of were the impetus for this program, but we're going to do a future program with the Anderson Valley Fire Department and with other volunteer-based organizations that uh, that have been impacted by the pandemic and also that that, that depend heavily on volunteer participation, because that's actually another uh aspect and i will talk about that in a moment i uh, will talk more about how fire departments not just depend on community support in terms of finance financial considerations but they also depend on many volunteers and so that's going to be a topic of a future program how to support organizations that depend heavily on volunteer participation but today we're going to focus on uh organizations that have been impacted by f- Fundraising and we're going to hear from Michelle Rich first, who is with the Community Foundation of Mendocino County, who have done amazing work during this pandemic and not just during this pandemic, but, you know, even before that to support local organizations by, by funding them and making up funding shortfalls to, you know, to the extent possible and, and supporting organizations to transfer, um, their uh, outreach via, via Zoom and others. And Michelle will tell us all about that, so I don't want to actually go into more details because Michelle will talk about that in a moment. And then we're going to be joined by Karen Osland, who is the executive director of the Cancer Resource Center of Mendocino County, another amazing organization that does so much work in our community to help people who have had a cancer diagnosis um, or who are undergoing cancer treatment and then we will be joined by Elizabeth Elmore who is the CEO of the Boys and Girls Club of Ukiah. and this is another organization that uh, um has has experienced impacts from the pandemic and in in their important work and in their fundraising work and so and and then uh, we're going to open up the phone lines if we have time towards the second half of the program and uh open it up for your calls and questions. And if you happen to be an organization that has been impacted by COVID in your fundraising efforts, and you'd like to uh, join us in this conversation, you are welcome to call us during that time later in the program, the phone number, if we if we have time, and I'm going to try very hard to make time for phone calls, it's going to be 895 2448 707-895-2448. But at this point right now, I would like to welcome Michelle Rich from the Community Foundation of Mendocino County. And thank you so much, Eddie. And and, and tell us about the Community Foundation and also tell us about your role at the foundation and then we'll talk you know, a bit about the work that you do with local organizations. Great, thank you so much. Um, so I'm Michelle Rich, I'm the Director of
1: Strategic Projects here at the Community Foundation. Um, our foundation started in 1993 with a vision to keep charitable dollars local um, and to really build a treasure chest for Mendocino County. So we work with donors to establish funds, and then from those funds, we make grants and scholarships to the community. When uh, the COVID pandemic started in spring of 2020 here in Mendocino County, uh, we were very concerned um, from the beginning with really three sectors. Um, One was individuals. We were especially concerned about food relief. Um, The nonprofit community We realized early on that there were gonna be significant adjustments to the nonprofit community, and also the small businesses. Um, It's not a population we typically work with. Um, And so we partnered with West Business Company to do some grant making for small businesses. Um, In total, we've done about $1.5 million in individual assistance and food relief. And for our nonprofit sector, we've been able to give out about $680,000 in support. And that's come primarily through our um, nonprofit um, relief program. We realized that organizations were going to need to adapt the way they do business, Um, safety protocols. They were likely going to have um, smaller numbers of clients served. And we also realized that there was a significant portion um, who were going to have to shutter their doors completely. And that is that's true of community centers, um, a lot of the arts organizations, um, as well as, you know, play organizations that are dependent on people coming and gathering. So community recreation programs, things like that. Um, what we noticed is that most organizations were able to um, adapt initially. And there were certainly bumps and staffing changes and configurations, learning how to do business in a a Zoom world, Um, and we did help provide Zoom licenses for many organizations. Um, A lot of organizations weren't set up with the technology to make that adjustment, so some of our grants went to just providing that technology. Um, And some of it was just operational support, loss of fundraising dollars, and loss of revenue from renting out space or um, having programming they can no longer offer. So, um, we developed a program and we're, we're continuing to run that this year because we'd hoped it would all wrap up in June when things opened and that's just not been the case. So, um, we are going to run two rounds of our Nonprofit Relief Grant program this fall.
0: And I understand that there's an application deadline coming up. Should we mention that for anybody who's not able yes. to stay for the full hour? Absolutely. Um, So
1: the first deadline is September 15th. That's coming up just right around the corner. Um, It's an online application. You can go to our website www.communityfound.org to find out more about that. Um, And then we will have a second deadline in October, October 15th. So if you're not quite able to get, get in for September, there's another opportunity in October.
0: And can you talk a bit about what uh, what kind of organizations can apply and, and what, what the applications of, you know, what, what the funding will be for?
1: Yeah, so it's um, for 501c3 nonprofits, primarily. Um, we do have some other categories that can, can fit in there, but mostly it's for 501c3 nonprofits. Um, it's for organizations who have a demonstrated reduction in funding, or an increased demand for services due to COVID nineteen. Um, we really realized it can go both both ways. Um, and then also, if you have had funding shortfalls due to canceled fundraisers, those are eligible expenses this year. And we know that some org- some organizations had planned to have their fundraisers and then had to cancel with very short notice in august and early september so you know there are costs associated with getting those ready and those are eligible for for reimbursement through this program um you do need to have a little bit of a plan for how you're going to be adapting or maintaining services um and i think those are the main main eligibility criteria and give Even that, that
0: website on, again or
1: and the and contact phone number um, yeah it's www Dot communityfound.org and uh, Allison Findley is our program officer um, and she can be reached at our offices which is four six eight nine eight eight two
0: 9882 I love your 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 website community found <laughs> which you know I, I know stands for community foundation but I think yeah. it also just sort of de- describes what you do so well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned something, Michelle, uh, let me just reiterate that you're listening to Wild Oak Living. This is Johanna Wild Oak. And today we are talking about, uh, organizations in our community who have been impacted in their fundraising by, by the pandemic. Um, and I realized that, um, one thing I hadn't considered, obviously, if you have, to, if, if you're, if your organization's funding comes from one or two major public fundraisers a year, like some people have dinners or auctions or, or both, um, and, and you suddenly can't do that because of COVID restrictions, that that is a major impact if it happens once like it did last year, but now it's happening again for many organizations. And so I'm imagining that that really puts a big, big hole into the planning for many organizations.
1: Absolutely. That's true. Um, you know, we had several very large annual fundraisers, you know, um, Karen Osmond of the Cancer Resource Center can certainly talk about the impacts of cancer. Yes, I see you Mappesina. nodding, Karen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but also, Winesong on the Coast had to make a pretty mm-hmm. major adaptation to how they were doing their, you know, signature event on the coast. Um, and they're, you know, making it work in some different ways that are very creative and innovative, but it's not, not the same as the large event that we're used to having.
0: And it just occurred to me, uh, you know, maybe this is something we can talk together about in a moment but um it's not just the fact that this this opportunity for people to make donations by buying tickets or by participating in auctions is not happening during this pandemic but also the opportunity these events are opportun- major opportunities for outreach and for and for the community c- to connect with these organizations
1: that that's really true and i think that um you know, certainly these events raise significant dollars for organizations, but it is also um, a way of connecting, not just with the organization, but also with the community. I think that um, these kind of community fundraising events are, are in some ways the heart of, of small communities. They're really where people connect publicly and with each other. And so it's it's a, a loss for the whole, the whole community when these can't happen.
0: When I moved here in 19... 19- Ninety-eight. Um, many of the organizations in the community I learned about because I heard about their fundraisers. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have been aware, if you know, of these organizations and the work that they do. Unless, of course, I needed the services or, or somehow participated in it. But you know, these the, the the publicity and the outreach around a fundraiser also you know teaches us what's really happening in our community. Absolutely. And I think, too, that just in terms of, you know, attracting
1: volunteers, board members, Mm -hmm. um, these public outreach events are a good opportunity for that, too. And that has been an area of struggle for nonprofits across the county. Um, You know, it's always been hard to get board members. It's especially
0: hard now. And Uh networking, too, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Michelle, did you wanna? Did you wanna uh, add anything before we talk with Karen and Liz? Um, or
1: uh, you know, I I would actually turn it over to Karen and Liz because they're the ones who've been sort of in the trenches doing the work and and making it happen.
0: Okay. Um. I would like to, uh, let you know again, you're listening to Wild Oak Living, and we've just been talking to Michelle Rich from the Community Foundation of Mendocino County, who are, uh, in, in the, uh, who have a deadline coming up, as we've heard, for applying for, uh, five, primarily 501c3s for, for grant programs, uh, for, to support funding shortfalls uh, or to support additional services that you are having to provide during the pandemic and if you want to learn more about that you can go to communityfound.org um and and now i would like to uh talk with uh two uh power women in the nonprofit world in our organ- in, in our county who are doing amazing work uh, like like so many of you uh, to uh, to run their organizations and to keep going forward in the face of this pandemic and all the impacts that that brings with us, I'd like to welcome first Karen Osland, who is the uh, executive director of the Cancer Resource uh, Center of Mendocino County, and also. And then later we will talk with Liz Elmore, who is the CEO of the Boys and Girls Club of Ukiah. Uh, So I would like, and but I just want to take a moment before we talk to Karen to share with you. Also, I had invited um, Angela DeWitt from the Anderson Valley Fire Department to talk to us about how the pandemic is impacting fundraising and activities of the fire department. Because, there, you know, there are so many volunteer fire departments in our county and that in, people often don't realize, you know, they look at firefighting possibly as a government funded or provided service and don't realize that most of the work and a lot of the funding comes from volunteers. And so I just want to share because Angela can't be with us here this morning. I want to share what she wrote to me uh, and, and let you know that we are going to have a future program about volunteer-based organizations and how they have been impacted and the needs that they have in our county. But I just want to share what uh, she wrote. All fire departments in Mendocino County could use more volunteers in Anderson Valley, more so than fundraising. This is our primary need. Not that we won't gladly accept donations and put them to very good use, But many residents, particularly recent residents and visitors, don't understand that in our community of 3,000 people, that's the Anderson Valley, emergency services depend on our current roster of 40 part-time volunteers who respond in their spare time, after work, and after family obligations. The need for community engagement can't be overstated. So, um, again, we will talk more about that in future programs, but I think it's important that we realize that um, donations are important, and so is engagement, stepping forward and doing your part. Um, so now now we will, we will go to you, Karen Oslin, Executive Director of the Cancer Resource Center of Mendocino County, to talk about your organizations and how the... M- the epidemic has impacted both how you run your organization, but also primarily the, how you raise funds for, the, for your organization. Welcome to Wild Rock Living.
2: Thank you, Johanna. Thank you for having me on your show. Yes, as you mentioned, I'm Executive Director of the Cancer Resource Centers of Mendocino County. We provide social support services for anyone with cancer in Mendocino County absolutely free of charge. And unfortunately, cancer did not go away when COVID came upon us. So we are still doing everything we always did, providing support to people with cancer, emotional support, medical appointment preparation and visit accompaniment, all of these things. And yet our major fundraiser, which uh, made most of this possible, Pure Medicino, has been canceled for the second year in a row. And I'm in the position as many nonprofits where if you have a major fundraiser that raises a significant portion of your budget and you have a pandemic, which you've never seen before, and you, you do what you need to do to get through the first year, and then you realize this is not going away as quickly as any of us thought it would or hoped it would. And, and my board had to make the difficult decision in early August to cancel our event which was scheduled for august 28th and three weeks out uh, we made the difficult decision to cancel it so pure mendocino is a wonderful annual farm to table dinner held at dark horse ranch every year the the paul dolan property and it's it's a wonderful event it's the end of summer celebrating the harvest wonderful food prefer- prepared by chef olin cox and It's it really the spirit of community is what it's all about and getting together, because almost everyone has had the experience of either cancer or someone they love having cancer. And so it's in that community spirit that the money is raised. So the event was canceled this year. We really, really hope this is over by next year and we can hold the event next year. But I do want to thank the Community Foundation because I along with others uh, will be applying for some of the nonprofit relief money to help help get us through um, but pure Mendocino raised about a third of our budget so it's a big
0: hole to fill and and uh, are you? What are some of the things that you're thinking about in terms of, you know, how you could possibly f- fill this hole besides, you know, besides uh, the community foundation? How can the community step up and support you in other ways?
2: Well, one of the ways is to go to our website crcmendocino.org and we have a donate button. If you take a look at our website, you can see what we do and see what we've been up to. And hopefully what you see there will inspire you to just click that Donate button and just make a donation. Or you can call our office, 707-937-3833, and you can make a donation over the phone. Another thing we're doing is uh, we're doing a right now a pizza takeout dinner, which is in Ukiah, Now, we're a countywide organization. We serve the whole county, but this event happens to be something we're doing on the Ukiah side. And it's it's called Pizza My Heart Mendocino. And it's a wonderful, complete gourmet pizza takeout dinner for $75. And the date is September 18th. You order your meal in advance, and you can do that by calling the phone number I just gave you, and we will supply you with a really great dinner. You drive through and pick it up. So that's an example of some of the creative fundraising things. We're trying to think of new ways to raise money, and it's fun. It's it's a good community builder. It's a really tasty dinner, but it will not raise as much as Pure Mendocino raised, and so... We just really have to appeal to the, to the public. And most of our co- funding comes right here from Mendocino County. And so we just ask the public to just think about the nonprofit that you love the most, that you would miss the most, the nonprofit that has served you and your family and people that you love, and just be inspired to make a gift in the size that you can to help them get through this.
0: And and you want to inter, reiterate the website and the phone number for the for the pizza dinner?
2: Sure thing. Our website is Mendocino.org and the phone number, and you can order your pizza dinner over the phone 707-937-3833 and you can talk to Lori and the pizza dinner will be ready to be picked up on Saturday, September eighteenth, between five and six p.m. at
0: Ukiah High School. And it's enough time, to, you know, to organize a little family event around it. Sounds like to me, Saturday night—it's <laughs> a good day. Yeah. Yeah, and and be and be safe and support an organ a local organization at the same time. Um how has the the pandemic impacted the services that you provide have you seen an an increase or have you seen uh, how, you know I know one of the things for example that people can do at the cancer resource centers of Mendocino County in Ukiah and in Fort Bragg is to is to to go and and, and get help with with research and information gathering if you've just been diagnosed and you have all these questions and you know the doctor has ten minutes to answer them, and then you're sort of left on your to your own devices. How, how has how has that kind of interaction, how your clients interact with your organization, has that that changed during the pandemic?
2: Sure, that's a good question. COVID has made everything about having cancer a little bit harder. We've found that people have greater needs because now you have this new impediment to just having a medical appointment, which is. Maybe you have to go get a COVID test and you have to wear a mask and you have to do a lot of health screening just to just to be seen. So we're here to navigate people through that. We're able to do a lot of helping over the phone with uh, phone conversations. We are doing telemedicine hosting so that when people uh, have a medical appointment through a video conference platform, we're able to host that in our office if they don't have access to a computer Or maybe they just don't know how to do it because a lot of people with cancer are in an older age group where the technology can be really challenging. So they can come to our office. We wear masks. They wear masks. We do it in a very safe manner. But we're able to connect people with their medical appointment where the doctor might be in San Francisco or Santa Rosa. So telemedicine has a lot of promise for people who live in rural areas like ours. But we're helping people overcome that barrier when they don't have the technology to connect. We're still going to medical appointments with people, but often we, have, we go through the screening process. And depending on the severity of whatever current surge we might be in, sometimes medical offices have asked us to not accompany people or to accompany people by phone. So we call in. Um, a lot of different ways, but usually the doctors, because they know it's so supportive and helpful to have patient navigators and patient advocates with cancer patients and appointments, they've been really wonderful about allowing us to come in, take notes and audio record for people during those appointments.
0: That is such a wonderful service that your organization provides, you know, when you're in this in this confused and frightening state of being diagnosed and, and having to make decisions about treatments and, and then, you know, and, and you think of all, you usually think of all the questions you wanted to ask after your appointment and to have somebody there with you, you know, who can be your, your guide and your navigator. That sounds like a very important function. Um, i would you like to uh, uh, offer any other information before I move on to uh, Liz Elmore? This is your opportunity. And I'm also going to give everybody an opportunity at the end to you know, to talk about anything else that, that I didn't ask you about. So I just want to give you a chance before I go on.
2: One thing I always try to remind people is to remember that when someone in your life is diagnosed with cancer, to call us. Because our word of mouth, really, and referrals from friends... People who know us about us and what we do, referring people they know who are newly diagnosed with cancer is really helpful. Uh, we do get referrals from doctor's offices, but they're very busy. And um, sometimes the best way for us to get a new client, someone with cancer, that we can assist is for just a friend or relative to say, hey, have you called the Cancer Resource Center? Because they can help you out.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and I've seen testimonials on local listservs of people who, who who sought your help and who were, who were really you know uh, happy and impressed with the services that you provided and the help that you gave them. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Karen Osland. Uh, we've, you're listening to Wild Dog Living on KZYX and Z Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. This is Johanna Wild and we are doing a program today about, um, uh, com- community organizations who are experiencing fundraising shortfalls due to the uh, pandemic and especially organizations who've who you normally have, public events that we can all go to and enjoy, and and they haven't been able to do those now for the second year in a row. And, of course, that really impacts organizations. Um, and I would like to let you know that we are going to go for another... Uh, until 10 o'clock this morning, we are going to try and, and have enough time to open up for phone calls. But right now, I would like to... Um, invite uh, Liz Elmore Ford, who is the uh, CEO of the Ukaya Boys and Girls Club, to talk to us about how the pandemic has impacted you. Talk to us, first of all, about what you do. You know, we'd like to learn more about what you do, your organization does, and then how has the imp- uh, pandemic impacted your fundraising and your services. Welcome, Liz
3: Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Oh, gosh, how has it impacted? There's been so many. Listening to Karen and listening to Michelle, there has been financial impacts and there has been board member impacts. Everybody is so spread thin after this pandemic and during this pandemic that their bandwidth is just getting less and less. And to be able to reach out into our community to speak with people that would be interested in learning more about board membership and what does it mean to be a board member and to be a board member of the Boys and Girls Club, that's been kind of one of our goals most recently. Um, the, The fact that we've had to cancel events when we go back to 20, we were just... Just barely in, and we had our first event, which was our crab feast in 20, but when we moved forward, we weren't able to have our, we had a Ukiah Daily Journal campaign that we had to not do, we had a chili cook-off, we had a golf tournament, so many, and we thought in 21 we were going to be able to start doing these again, and unfortunately, we're kind of in the same boat, haven't been able to do them With the exception of the Ukiah Daily Journal campaign, we've been doing that, that's kind of a nice campaign to be able to share with our community the things that we do. Because as already been said, one of the advantages of a community event when we have our community coming to visit with us and eat with us or whatever taste chili with us we are also having our kids there and letting the community see exactly who it is that they are helping and without being able to see that it's hard to be able to put more of a face on who they're helping so not being able to do that that's been a challenge as well um it's Financially, financially been a challenge, and the Community Foundation, I'm going to also sing their praises because with 2020, they helped us to be able to reach out to our, with a grant that we received, a couple of grants we received, to reach out to our children via the Zooms and via the electronic devices. The schools were able to provide kids with Chromebooks And then with some grants that we received from the Community Foundation, Boys and Girls Club was able to connect with kids, even if it was just an emotional connection. I mean, it had to do with education. It had to do with social. It had to do with crafts. It had to do with mentoring. But really, so many children have been isolated for so long, and we continue to have so many adults be in such fear of what's happening that they are even still choosing right now to have their children in a homeschooled type atmosphere where they're just at home. They're not interacting with other children. They're not learning how to interact. They might be learning their education because they're doing their Zoom classes with their teachers and such online. but that interaction is such a huge part of the development of children, how to get along with other people. It's one thing that you're getting along with your family and or not getting along with your big brother or little sister. But when you're out in the community, when you're in your school atmosphere, it's a completely different thing learning how. And that's one of the things we do when kids are able to come to the Boys and Girls Club is help guide them in how to get along with other kids how to give and take and you don't always have to win and you're not always going to lose so there's there's lots of components that children have been missing out on and the boys and girls club is continuing to strive to bring kids in and give them those components that may be missing one Other unfortunate thing at this point right now, because we are having a, we as a community, and probably even more than just our community, um, are having a issue with hiring people in that the bus, the school bus drivers, there's a shortage of them. What that means for the Boys and Girls Club is the children that are at school don't have a way to get to the Boys and Girls Club after school. Now, I have, I don't know, I think there's closer to 70 kids that are on my list that want to come to the Boys and Girls Club, but their families don't have a way to get them to the Boys and Girls Club because they're at different schools. The school is really striving and they wanted to work with us. I've been talking with the MTA to possibly work something out with them too, but lots of different um, legal realities with that. So it really a lot has to do with the getting more bus drivers for that. And in the meantime, we have children that are left unserved. The schools are doing a great job and striving to open up an after, uh, their after-school program. Their programs are called ACES, and they have a wonderful after-school program, but they only have so many spaces for these children. And then after those spaces are filled up, where are these kids going if they're not able to come to the club? That's where our concern is. Where are they going? So,
0: and that that brings me to um, um, maybe suggest taking a, 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 a looping back um, a little bit and talking more, you know, in a little more detail about the work that the Boys and Girls Club does. So, it it is an organization. It's also a location, right? I'm an, I'm assuming, and and can you talk a bit more about? You know, you already talked about how kids get go there after school. What do you do with the kids and how do kids benefit from what you do?
3: The Boys and Girls Club is a youth development organization and we're a club. We're not a daycare. So we recognize the fact that parents will send their kids to the Boys and Girls Club for daycare we understand that but then once the kids get there they want to come they enjoy it they enjoy visiting with their family i mean their friends sorry and their mentors and what the boys and girls club takes in advantage of if you will is the educational component not only educational but with when it comes to your book learning if you will but The education in mentoring to give young people a place that they can go, that they can feel safe, that they could learn extra. Things or have exposure to extra things that they might not ever be able to have. Maybe it's the garden that they have never really experienced, Maybe, and we have a wonderful garden in our backyard. Maybe it's yoga that they've never experienced, and we have a yoga teacher. We have a drama teacher that helps the kids with learning drama. We've done a couple of drama shows that are on our YouTube, and you can just go to the Ukiah BGC YouTube, and then you can see some of our YouTube videos that we've done. We do have a lot of homework support. We have several volunteers. We have a couple of high school and several adult volunteers that come in to support the youth with maybe some gaps in learning. Maybe they're a little behind on a specific subject. So we'll have maybe a one tutor to two or three kids. We... Really, we have a power hour every year, every day, which is an hour that the kids get to do their homework. And if there's the extra support that's needed during that hour. And in addition, if they need more support, they need more help. We also have our computer lab that they could do some research and be able to get more information if that's what's needed. The We also have national programs and these are a really big component of the boys and girls club because these are programs that boys and girls clubs of america have developed and have really worked on over the past 50 60 up to 100 years but programs such as passport to manhood smart girls um, street smarts things that kids are going through today that with their bodies, with their parents, with their siblings, and how to help navigate through that, rather than just kind of letting them, we give them a, an outlet. We have a forum. If it's the Passport to Manhood, it's a group of maybe six to seven boys with a male leader. The boys, the, the adult is really the facilitator in that, helps the guide the conversation, but the boys really bring up if there's issues and questions we have a guided educational we have a guided book if you will to go through different topics but it helps the youth have someone that they are able to trust and we know that it's a safe environment that this information that they share isn't going to go out i will put a disclaimer in there that we are mandated reporters and if something ugly is happening. We do move forward with things, but we really strive to help the children understand that this is a safe place to ask questions and to grow. So when we talk about what does the Boys and Girls Club do, it all comes back to that education and it's learning and it's social learning. I think one of the things that um, parents, we are so it's so hard for parents right now because so often both parents are working a full-time job and plus or maybe there's a single parent household that's working two jobs and they're giving their children a lot of love and a lot of support but sometimes the time isn't as much as they would like to and that connection with an adult It's a little more difficult when they go to school, when they have these other activities. But at Boys and Girls Club, that's what we strive for. We strive for developing that bond with the young people to help them have a safe place that they could express themselves. And if they mess up, that's okay, because that's what we do. We help them to learn why that was a bad choice, why the better choice what the better choice would have been help them to come out with them telling us what that better choice could have been rather than us telling them what to do and it's just it's it works it helps the kids be able to express themselves and to be able to learn for themselves
0: well thank you so much liz elmer who is the CEO of Boys and Girls Club of Ukiah for telling us about what the Boys and Girls Club does. Do you have any upcoming or ongoing uh, fundraising opportunities where people can link up with your organization and help support you?
3: We do. I'm excited. Thank you for, for saying that because we had to put off our chili cook off for the second year in a row, We are now partnering with Slam Dunk Pizza for October. October, I don't know if you guys know this, is Pizza Month. Hoorah! That's really cool that Karen's having her pizza um, thing pretty soon too. So for the month of October, we're going to be partnering with Slam Dunk. Slam Dunk is going to be making a chili pizza and part of the proceeds are going to be coming to the Boys and Girls Club. We're going to be partnering with Starkey's screen printing and he's going to be helping us with some t-shirts some fun t-shirts to be able to purchase to bring some funding to the club and um, granite construction of course is always a part of the chili cook-off they're really working right now to help bring funding in in replacement of the chili cook-off and working with different businesses and stuff so We have these couple of things. We just finished our Ukiah Daily Journal campaign, and that was really successful, and and it's a wonderful thing because the Ukiah Daily Journal gives us the opportunity to share, and that just wrapped up. But like I say, October, I'm excited about the slam dunk thing. It's going to be the first time we've done this. They haven't actually decided which pizza that they want yet. There's a couple of different chili pizzas so it's going to be interesting to see what's going to come out of that but that's going to be in october the whole month of october and they'll have to-go orders they'll have delivery and you can go in and
0: dine outside they have a really great outside dining so that's what's coming up and can you want to reiterate your website and perhaps a contact phone number for people who want to get in touch with you
3: absolutely our website is Yukaya bgc.org that's like boysgirlsclub.org and our phone number is 467-4900 we also have a facebook page and we're starting some instagram and on facebook we're really striving to put some of our daily fun activities on with the different things that the kids are doing and the different activities and or learning objectives one thing i just want to point out really quick one of our staff members has started a new little business with the kids and it's bgcu bath bombs i don't know if y'all have ever used bath bombs but it's these little bombs that you put in the bathtub and they bubble and they make you have this little bubbly experience when you're taking a bath. So we're starting that, haven't gotten that completely off the ground yet, but the kids are making them and they're going to just kind of make a little bit of extra funding to be able to buy supplies and just different things that the kids are really kind of wanting in the club.
0: So a couple things that are coming up. Thank you so much, Liz. I would like to let you all know that you are listening to Wild Oak Living here on Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, KZYXNZ. This is Johanna Wild Oak. This program comes to you every other Thursday from 9 to 10 a.m. Today, I am talking with Michelle Rich from the Community Foundation of Mendocino County, Karen Osland, who is the Executive Director of the Cancer Resource Centers of Mendocino County, and Liz Elmore-Ford, who is the CEO of the Boys and Girls Club in New Kaya, and we are talking about how the pandemic has impacted uh, the the fundraising of these organizations who've come to rely on public events, um, Pure Mendocino, Finkesa, the Cancer Resource Center, and, and many different events for the Boys and Girls Club, and what are some of the alternatives to support. And uh, Michelle, I'd like to be, be, I still want to at least invite a couple of phone calls, but before we do that, I'd like to loop back with you, because when people hear foundation you know, the, the first sort of classic response is, oh, okay, that's wealthy people, you know, leaving their money at the end of their life, and then and then that's put to good use. But that's not uh, the only source of funding for the Community Foundation, right? I'd Maybe, like, just spend a couple minutes talking about that. Certainly,
1: the foundation does have many funds that are established through um end of life
0: giving. And that's but a great also, thing. I don't, I don't want to, I don't yes, want to, it's,
1: it's, it's, <laughs> it's wonderful. a wonderful it thing. Yes. It yeah. leaves this incredible legacy for right. the future of Mendocino County. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the things with our COVID-19 relief work is that it's a really a great opportunity for the community to um, support the community from individual relief to nonprofit assistance. Um, we have an incredibly rich, nonprofit sector in Mendocino County, we're really lucky. And it touches virtually every area of of life in Mendocino County, the arts, environment, education, um, health, uh, animals, seniors, kids, you know, social safety net. There's so many great organizations. And one of the wonderful things is that people can contribute to those causes directly, which we absolutely encourage. Um, but if they're not sure where, they, they want to direct those funds. The foundation is a place that um, we are deeply involved in that sector and can help um, put those funds where they're most needed. Um, I I have a lot of background noise. I'm not sure. Yeah, if yeah and
0: I'm trying to figure out where that comes from. And I don't, yeah. I don't really, I haven't really changed anything. So I don't. I think it might be on my end. Okay. So. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, I just, I so just sorry. maybe I just want to mention, um, you know, something uh, we talked about when Rose Bell was on on this program a few weeks ago. Um, you know, the, the the donations that you make to the community foundations don't have to be huge. I mean, R- Rose Bell was talking about people sending five or ten dollars, which you know, if you put a if a lot of people send five or ten dollars, that adds up to substantial funds that can help support our community. And uh, so I just wanted to mention that. Uh, so I, I did promise that we would go to phone calls, and it is 9.50, so I do want to at least provide the opportunity for one or two phone calls. If you have some questions of my guest, uh, um or if you happen to be with an organization that has also had a fundraising shortfall due to COVID. So I just want to provide an opportunity for that. 895-2448 is the phone number to reach us here in the studio. And while we wait for calls, uh, Karen Osland, I'd like to maybe loop back with you as well. Um, has this conversation that we've had with Michelle and, and Liz, has it, has it brought up any, anything, you know, that you would like to add to this conversation?
2: Thank you, Johanna. I did think of one, one other thing that's really important, and it's just a, really a public service announcement, which is because of COVID and the pandemic, people not wanting to go into doctor's offices, a lot of people have postponed or just put off getting their annual cancer screenings, such as a mammogram or a colonoscopy or PSA, whatever test might be a cancer screening that you might be due for. Don't put it off please call your practitioner and schedule that test because the concern is that if a large population of people delay cancer screening, that we will see kind of a a bulge or a bubble of cancer later on. And if cancer is diagnosed later, it's usually more serious and harder to treat. So I just want to just take that minute, just encourage people listening, don't postpone cancer screening, follow through and do it anyway, even though yeah, even though
0: there is a pandemic, and you know, in some some with some types of cancers, even a few months can make the difference between stage one and stage two or three or four. So that's absolutely that's, right. Yeah, um, and and I w- I want to say from personal experience, because so many people put off their tests last year, there has been sort of a kind of a rush. On 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 services in our community, and and you might have to be really persistent and keep calling, and maybe even show up in the doctor's office and say, "I need this now. Please give me an appointment." So I just I just want to put that out there. You know, uh, don't wait for them to call you. <laughs> be be a little persistent, and we do have a phone call. So let's see if I can actually take this phone call without hanging up on them. Hello, caller. You're live on Wilder Living. Oh, hold on a second. Um, hi.
4: Yes, go ahead. Sure. Hi. I just wanted to thank um, Michelle and Karen and Liz uh, for the incredible work and also the other nonprofits for the incredible work that they do in our community. And with COVID, I know it's been incredibly difficult. Uh, I know Liz mentioned uh, board membership. Um, As being one of the impacts on organizations, you know, board members come from all walks of life and generally they have other positions, other jobs, other things they're doing in the community with COVID, everyone gets stretched really thin. And so it becomes, you know, kind of challenging to continue to keep leadership um, and great perspectives and energy and just encouraging the community. You know, we give money to our community foundation, too, which is amazing, um, the Cancer Resource Center, anytime. Unfortunately, I know anyone who um, is unfortunately diagnosed with cancer. I send them there because I know how incredible they are. Um, and I've served with the Boys and Girls Club. And so I, I just really encourage folks to, whether you can give $10, $110, or even an hour, uh, to just participate because these organizations are incredible and, um, they really do serve our community and we, we don't want to, not that we're going to lose them, but we want to make sure that we support them. So I just wanted to thank them and during COVID, you guys have just been amazing, all of you. And thank you so much for the extra you've been doing.
0: And thank you for stepping forward and calling us to share that with us. Thank you so much. Of course. Go ahead, Go ahead Liz. So the caller brought
3: up uh, um, something in my head in the, the regard of donations, and I know Karen said this earlier, is any donation is really beneficial and helpful for the organizations. And I think sometimes people think the small donations aren't helpful, but they really, really are. And one of the things that has been happening with Boys and Girls Club in our community is a lot of individuals, just these family members, have decided to have a check written to the Boys and Girls Club once a month. Maybe it's only $20 a month, but when you look at the end of the year, it adds up. And I really encourage for people to Obviously, Boys and Girls Club is my heart and desire, but we've got the Cancer Resource Center, we've got community foundations, and there are so many other very, very worthy nonprofits that if we just think about $20 a month or $50 a month, whatever we can afford, and set that up in our banking system that it automatically goes out, it is so, so beneficial for the individual nonprofits because all of that. Adds up at the end of the day,
0: and we do have one more phone call. Hello,
5: caller, you're live on Wilder Living? Oh, hi. Um, yeah, my name is Casey Johnston, and um, I'm a local pediatrician. And I just wanted to give a shout out to the Boys and Girls Club. Um, I just caught the t- the the second half of today's program, but so glad that uh, Liz um, is on the air. Um, I have kids in the school program who attend Boys and Girls Club um, and take care of a lot of patients who um, have just gotten so much out of the program. And um, the Boys and Girls Club were one of the earliest organizations to reopen during the pandemic um, and just so crucial to get that social interaction um, uh, and mentorship so just wanted to, <laughs> to give a shout out and support for the Boys and Girls Club. Um, and then also from a clinical perspective, um, yeah, definitely come and still get your vaccine screenings. Um, still super important. We're still seeing a lot of people who, including kids, you know, who haven't come um, to get their annual checkups for now close to two years. So um, definitely agree with that comment as well.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, well, we've come to the end of the program. We only have a a couple of minutes left, so I just wanna give each of you an opportunity to uh, um, give us your contact information and and any information that you wanna quickly share with us at the end. Michelle, shall we start with you?
1: Thank you, Johanna. Um, So again, uh, Michelle Rich at the Community Foundation of Mendocino County. Our website is uh, www.communityfound.org uh we do have that upcoming uh grant opportunity deadline for nonprofits looking for assistance due to COVID impacts um and that is september 15th uh, as well as october 15th um you can reach us at uh, our office at 468-9882 and just would really encourage members of the community to think about the causes that they love and there is absolutely a nonprofit that is doing that work in our county and would love to connect with you either as a volunteer or as a donor
0: thank you so much michelle for all the work that you and your organization does karen oslin from the cancer resource centers of mendocino county your contact info and closing remarks
2: sure, thank you johanna for having me on your show our website is crc mendocino.org And our phone number is 707-937-3833. I think we have about 20 pizza dinners left. You can order it right through our website and find out more on our website. Thank you so
0: much. Thank you, Karen. And Liz Elmer Ford of the Ukiah Boys and Girls Club.
3: Thanks also for allowing us on your show. It's been fun. Our website is ukiahbgc.org. And our telephone number is 707-467-4900. And please call us if you have any questions or if you are interested in board membership or learning more about board membership,
0: 467-4900. Thank you all. Thank you to all of you for being on Wild Oak Living.